new beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams Podcast. My name is Sean Ram alongside Dr. Joshua Black. And on this podcast, we have with us Liz Diaz, and she is the graphic and hand lettering artist behind Heart of Mercy Design, which she began after losing her mother, Mercy, three years ago. In this space, Liz is using her art to build community and provide comfort after loss. Her belief that love and grief exist together has fueled her passion to create beautiful art and is driven by the idea that we all have a responsibility to share our gifts with the world to allow them to take root and blossom into something beautiful, just as her mother's love took root in her. Liz has had the opportunity to collaborate with organizations such as Stand Up to Cancer, Stupid Cancer, and Susan G. Komen to help raise awareness in the grief and cancer communities throughout her art, and is currently producing content for her series, The ABCs of Grief on Instagram, which is at Heart of Mercy Design, uh, where each letter of the alphabet represents a word associated with grief. Liz, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to get a chance to talk to you because I stumbled upon you because you hashtagged, I believe, Grief Dreams for your segment yep. in the ABCs under D for Dreams. And mm-hmm. I was... Uh, I was really impressed by not only the artwork, but the idea of talking about grief in such a way. And so is this oh, like, so what gave you the idea to use, to do the ABCs and also use Instagram as a way to talk about your own loss? Basically, I'm a graphic artist. So all of my my background and my career, what I do work-wise is in that space. And I've always used creativity, you know, creating and writing as an outlet for me just you know when I'm dealing with something tough and once I lost my mom I went through a period where I couldn't create anything and it was just it was a weird time initially and I just I literally couldn't put pick up a pencil and and do anything and then after a little while I started to be able to use those creative outlets again in a more healing therapeutic way I guess it was cathartic And from that point, it kind of just propelled into this whole idea that I was going to use art as a way, um, art and words paired together as a way to kind of heal myself and maybe find others along the way that, that might want to talk about the same things and are going through the same things. So to help others, you know, and to provide, I guess, a space, a safe space, because grief seems to be the super ugly stigmatized word you know no one wants to talk about it I found myself in so many situations where um you know people are just asking me you know hey how you doing and it's like I'm fine but really I'm not fine (laughs) you know and so I felt like it was becoming this this thing that I'm always carrying around with me and I'm I don't ever talk about it you know so I wanted to start talking about it and I just found that the easiest way for me to talk about it was through my art so that's kind of that's where it was born out of and then um heart of mercy mercy was my mom's name and it was really important to me that her name was associated with everything that i created in this space so you know i had multiple projects that i collaborated on and i was doing you know and checkboard art i was reaching out to nonprofits because she passed away from metastatic breast cancer so I was reaching out to like the cancer community nonprofits and, you know, collaborating with them. And then I realized, you know, I really want to drill down and focus on grief specifically. 
and using my art in that space. So that's kind of how this was all born. And then the ABCs of Grief was a way for me to start a series um, that completely encompassed grief. And I just thought, you know, what better way to produce content that is consistent than to do, you know, the ABCs. So each letter represents a word in grief. And, you know, obviously my A is going to be different than someone else's. So I always end the posts asking, you know, the interwebs, the people out there, um, what it is to them because it's always different. And I, and the feedback I get, it's always different. And when I look at what people are telling me their letter stands for, I really think about it and I'm like, wow, you know, it's, it's interesting how individual it is and it's, it's different for everyone. So. Yeah. That's the uniqueness of what I'm sorry, I, see. I ramble. <laughs> no, no, it's great. Um, it's the uniqueness of what I see is that you can be really creative in how you use those letters and how unique they are to certain people. And that's why I find reading your posts very interesting to me in the sense of how is it related to my loss and what my letter would be um, if I was posting this. And so I was like, oh, this is actually really amazing to be able to challenge yourself in a different way. Because even if you do talk about grief um, with other people, no one ever asks you, hey, what's your letter A for today? You know, like, <laughs> right. it's like, yeah. how are you feeling today? And they usually say something. But this is like, no, mm -hmm. it's, it's like you're becoming very specific, but you only get one letter. And now talk about that letter and how you're feeling, how you're yeah. processing your loss. And I thought, wow, like what a great way to pull new things out of people. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been really interesting and really rewarding, too, because and I'm sure that you guys see this, too, with the podcast, you know, you're able to communicate with other people that you do not know, you know, from all walks of life, from all over the world type of thing. and you know, it's resonating, it's resonating with people. And I think that that's really special. So, and that was something that I wasn't, I wasn't sure about, but I thought, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. Like this is, it's as much my story as it is everybody else's because there is nothing special about my loss other than the fact that I feel it in such a profound way because so many other people are dealing with loss and loss is not just death loss is you know loss and grief and, you know it's loss of a marriage it's a diagnosis and illness you know your life you know things challenges that are coming up in life and so you know all of that has that same theme of grief in there so it's interesting yeah yeah that was one of the things that we both found when we started doing the podcast is people did reach out even through Instagram too, people reach out and it's amazing to see the impact. Like people are reading it, which is amazing. Or listening to the podcast, which you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> but then like they share and you're like, wow, like this is actually is making it more meaningful than I thought it was going to be going in. That's the thing. Right. And it makes you feel more motivated to do it, knowing that it is affecting other people and people are using it in their own way to mm -hmm. further their own healing process. I think using the words, it, uh, it gives people an, an ability to kind of expand the emotion more. Because, uh, you know, it, when, a, when a word gets in, like if, if a person is describing the emotions they're going through, they might obviously use the vocabulary that's available to them. And maybe it's a kind of, it can, it can, they can use the same, get repetitive, use the same vocabulary. So sadness, they might, you know, Sadness represents one thing. Anger represents another thing. But, mm -hmm. you know, by putting in, yeah. giving giving them new words to kind of help 
them understand their emotion, I think it might expand on on the uh, the event itself, the kind of healing process. Like even you know, like I, I'm just looking at your Instagram page right now, and I'm I'm looking at G is for gentleness, and like you know, that's a great. It even puts that word into their minds so that they can maybe associate that with their own personal grief. Obviously, I could have used grief for G. I mean, you know, if that's what we're talking about. But I think um, for me, it's really important to take it kind of a few steps further and drill down on what what it is. What is grief? Well, for me, grief is all of these things. You know, as much as the letter A was for anger, it was also for anxiety. And most of what I feel is that anxiousness that I never felt a day before in my life until I lost my mom. And so that's, you know, a part of my day to day that I struggle with and I have to deal with, you know, B for somebody might be bad day, (laughs) bad, no matter what. Um, But for me, it was beautifully broken. And that beautifully broken resonated with somebody on a really deep level. Um, and you know, these people are reaching out to me and, and they're talking to me about these things and it's really beautiful. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And, and also like yeah. it has the ability to change a person's mood, you know, just like work thoughts, thoughts, you know, thoughts are words and they're linked. So like, so definitely, uh, you know, putting, you can even change, you know, putting in a, a thought like, uh, beautifully broken, you know, to, to talk about how maybe a person doesn't feel great right now maybe they're feeling down and i think that's a that's a beautiful gift that you've given them oh thank you yeah it's um it's really special and uh also you know part of this you know grief is a very heavy topic and um my instagram feed has quickly become and it's been intentional but it has quickly become just you know grief you know providing community comfort after loss um, and that's what I want. That is my intention that I realize, and it's not lost on me, that um, this is a very heavy topic and it can be, you know, very dark and um, just consuming, you know. So I wanted to make sure that the space was a good balance of um, bringing hope and positivity as well as, you know, I get it. I'm dealing with the same things. You know, we're all dealing yeah. with these things on one level or another does depend on the day (laughs) um you know triggers are very real but um but yeah so i wanted it to be um a positive space too so yeah and and you know the truth speaking of the truth is 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 important you know these words do justice to that like alone i was just thinking about the word alone like people in a lot of different capacities of grief a lot of different areas of grief can feel alone and yeah. that, that's the, oh yeah and i bet people looking at that letter for that day are like oh other people are like that too and then maybe you feel a little bit less lonely mm, that is so good yeah and and you know it's interesting because i you know it also depends on where you're at so for me it's been three and a half years since i lost my mom so i'm not in those initial really foggy states of grief at this point um but it still consumes me you know it's still it's still something that that it's, you know, I, it's mine to carry and I'm carrying it, but you, you know, I have to recognize that in those first initial moments, I did feel alone, you know, now that word alone has turned into anxiety, but in the beginning, I felt very alone and I was surrounded by people that loved me 
you know, I have an amazing husband, uh, you know, kids, my siblings, um, my dad, I, I'm surrounded by people that love me and that I adore. But, you know, in those moments, you, you feel alone. And so yeah, I like that. It's like a, um, you know, it, it, it's a, it what happened to you. It was a snapshot of time and your grief. Mm-hmm. But now maybe when you look at the word alone, it brings actually gratitude along with it. You know, gratitude yep. that you're not alone anymore um, and, yeah. and reminds you of the work that you've done and maybe the tough times to kind of appreciate what, what, what's around you now. Yes, exactly. 100%. And so you see that gratitude could have been G too. It could have been the G, <laughs> but it's like, I have to, you know, um, isolate it down to one word. So that's, that's what I'm working with, but it does depend on the day and where you're at for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's so amazing. Did you do any other series before that? No. So this is my first series. So something that I was grappling with when I was, because as I said, it was intentional, um, but this series um, is what it is now, which is centered around grief and focusing on grief. So I figured, okay, I can go one of two ways. I can either just, because all of the art that's up there, it's all drawn by hand. So I'm not using fonts or anything like that. And so what I was grappling with was trying to figure out am I just going to you know hand letter a quote you know just you know a quote that resonates and quotes truly resonate with me for sure um or am I going to create a series and then move on from there and see where that takes me and so I landed on the series which is this one um this is my first one and so I landed on the series because I felt like it would challenge me both in the grief space and it would also challenge me artistically to be able to put together this entire series from A to Z and then from there see what happens because in my experience kind of one thing opens the door to the next opens the door to the next so um that that was kind of my mindset and it still is I'm still seeing you know where I'm going to go next maybe it'll be another series a little different you know I'm not sure yet What's the most challenging thing about doing this series? The most challenging, honestly, it's really been challenging. I feel like um, what happened was I kind of had been holding on to all of these emotions and these feelings and just everything associated with grief. And it got to a point where it started really bubbling up and um, I needed a way to let it out. So it, it became this. <laughs> so it became this. So this is so it's not a struggle for me. I can talk about my mom for an eternity. I can talk about grief forever and ever. Like it's my favorite thing to do is talk about my mom when people want to know about her because she's so amazing. So this series really hasn't been a challenge. But I do I am looking at because I wrote out the alphabet and this was kind of how it was born. I just said, I'm gonna write out the alphabet and see if I can connect a word with each letter of the alphabet that would resonate. This was before I, you know, figured out that I was going to do this for sure, for a fact. And so I wrote out the alphabet and I just started writing out words and each word matched up to a letter, matched up to a letter. So basically I have everything all the way through X and then X, Y, and Z, those three I'm still thinking on, but I was able to, you know, basically do this almost immediately. But it is, obviously it's time consuming because each, you know, with each letter, I, I want it to be cohesive, but I also want each thing to be kind of different 
So I'm also playing with style and colors and things like that, just on the artistic side of things and the design side. So, you know, just finding the time to do it, obviously. I'm a mom and I work and juggling all the things. So um, that can be that can be a little challenging. Also, just the fact that emotionally, as far as the emotional um, part of it goes, because I kind of, this stuff comes literally from my soul. <laughs> so it's, a lot of it is really raw and just, you know, it's my heart, you know, it's my heart out, out there for everybody to see. So from that standpoint, it can get a little bit, um, it can get a little bit draining just from, from that part of things. But then once I have it out there, I feel better. So it's really cathartic too. Yeah. Cause it's not like you're just doing the letter after in the comment thing, you're actually writing a lot about why that letter means something to you or why that word yeah. means something to you. And you really go through and you're very vulnerable in your honesty yeah. on mm-hmm. sharing it. And I think yes. that's probably one of the things I love the most is because it has that little extra that I'm learning more about your loss through that word than I would have just by seeing the word. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of, I feel like a really important part of it. You know, it's, it would be easy for me just to put the word out there and kind of just caption it with a really simple, you know, something really simple. But I feel like it's kind of like I'm, I'm bringing people along, you know, on my journey, you know, and so people are tagging on, tagging along for the ride. And I think that that's really awesome, but you can't get there unless you're willing to put yourself out there. And that's not for everybody. You know, I, my sister, she tells me all the time that, you know, she's like, she's a huge supporter of everything that I do. And she, she tells me I would never be able to be so raw and so real and so open about these things, you know, that you're feeling that we're all feeling and you're putting it out there, you know, and, um, and it's true, but I feel like I have kind of a responsibility to do that. Um, because it's not just the word, it's so much more than the word, you know, the word is just one part of it, but the story, we are our stories. That's who we are. That's how we're built. So I just feel it's important to share that. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's great that you do that. And I think to, to have people look at your page and follow you, I think, you know, they kind of, and to be eventually, obviously, as it's becoming popular, it's important to be authentic. Um, your audience yeah. will pick up on that. And I think you're going to reach them and and uh, touch them a little bit more with that. It's um, it's interesting you mentioned that, uh, like, your sister um, has those thoughts. Because, like, to be honest, like, initially when we started this podcast, like, when I would, when we were doing it and the thought of doing interviews and putting yourself out there, I had that thought mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, you know, I wanted to, I think the, the desire to do it was so much greater than the fear, which most, most things in life is how we act in general as humans. But right. so I, I overcame that, but eventually like <clears throat> the, those feelings, they dissipated. Whereas now, like, I don't, I don't hold back. It's all truth. And like, I don't feel mm-hmm. that. I don't feel that anymore. So I think you probably, you're probably at that level now, but maybe when you started, you're a little anxious or hesitant to see how, what, how, if it would, how it would be received and uh, how people would react. But uh, you seem to be very comfortable now doing it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, writing has always been an outlet for me, even before I was, you know, doing things in the creative design space. 
like my whole life. I was always the kid that journaled and wrote, and my mom always said that I would write a book. Um, and it's, it's funny because I think about it and I'm like, man, she always used to tell me that I was going to write a book one day and she wanted to have her own chapter. And now I look at it and I think I could write a whole book on this woman. Like, yeah, forget your own chapter. You, like, you could be your own mom. book. <laughs> yeah. So but, uh, this is a great, this is a great <laughs> but, beginning to a book because it's like you're doing the research. You're kind of, you know, putting in like, yeah. little thoughts here and there. And who knows, you know, you continue with this and you can eventually hopefully expand on that and turn it into something. Like, I could see it like a word a day type of situation yeah who knows who knows i you know i just hope it's helping people as much as it's helping me because like i said it just i got to a point where these things were just bubbling up in me and i it was consuming me and i felt like i just had to put it somewhere i had to get it out and i had to put i had to put it somewhere and so that's what i did and i'm putting it out there and i just figure you know whoever it doesn't resonate with won't follow the content and that's fine in the beginning, you know, I still get it sometimes depending on what I'm putting out, but I feel like, you know, I don't want to upset anyone and I don't want to offend anyone. So, you know, my mom's loss was felt on a very, very profound and deep level for everyone in my family. Like it just tore a hole right through us. And part of the deal with what I'm putting out and the content that I'm putting out is that this is my story. This is just me. This has nothing to do with anyone else in my family, and I'm not here to write anyone else's story. This is just mine. And it's really important that I do that because I, I feel like I also have an obligation to protect everybody else in my family. And so it wouldn't be right to speak about anybody else's experience. So it's, it's just mine. But it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's just really raw. And, um, and I felt almost like, you know, you don't know who's going to take it the wrong way or who's going to kind of judge what you're putting out there and putting out too much, too little, you know, in between, you never know. So I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to put it out. Like this is about, you know, my experience and whoever likes it, fine. And whoever doesn't find you. And so that's where I'm at now. <laughs> I'm curious. Did you said you, you wrote a lot as a way to cope prior. Did you ever look at to Instagram or other social media channels as a way of dealing with this? Or was this something that, you got the Instagram account just to sort of put this out there. Yeah. So I, well, basically what happened was Heart of Mercy Design. And I wanted in the beginning, I thought, you know, it would be great to whatever, to have whatever I create be connected to my mom, which is why I had the mercy in there. And then I was doing a lot of different creative work. So I was doing murals and people had me come to um, hand, do hand lettering for events, weddings, birthday parties, you know, you name it, do, you know, talk boards, all of this stuff. So I was doing um, a really kind of diverse amount of work and no two pieces were the same. And I got to the point in my work where I thought, you know, I, I want to niche down and, and drill down and figure out like, who, who am I talking to? You know, what is the kind of work that I want to create? What is the kind of work that I want to do? And so when I took a step back and I looked at the things that I was most passionate about, those, the work that I was putting out on, on that level, it always had to do with grief. And it always revolved around the loss of my mom. And so I, I listened to a lot of podcasts, as I said. Um, I listened to a lot of podcasts and, and I just thought, you know, I'm going, I'm going to niche down in the grief community. I want to 
put work out there that resonates with people who are grieving. I want my words to show that. I want my work to show that. And so that's why that's where this became really intentional in this space. So I wasn't necessarily kind of tuned into other Instagram feeds until recently that are in this space. I just kind of decided that this was what I wanted to do. Um, the only real content I was consuming in the space was through podcasts. So I um, now I'm at the point now where I am kind of more tuned into what other people are doing in the Instagram community for grief, uh, just because I kind of share that interest now. Um, but prior to this, it was just podcasts. Oh, that's wild. That's so wild. It's <laughs> like you didn't use it for that but now people are using it for that and so yeah that's wild that's uh pretty cool to 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 hear um the one thing we keep talking about the loss of your mother i'm really curious about who she was because i know a little bit about your (laughs) loss and how much she meant to you but like who was she you know when she was alive and how did that relationship uh become what it was today yeah so my mom my mom was like amazing she was just she was literally you know I remember when she passed away I was just like oh it all makes sense now she was an angel and she was just like an angel walking around on earth and that's that's what happened and God needed her back so she was um and I always hate to say it because it, it makes me cringe but it's the truth and it's part of the story she was not my biological mother she um raised me from the age of seven years old and you know I my my most recent post, letter M, basically goes, you know, delves into this, into kind of a little bit of our story. So we were kind of unique in that she, like I said, was not my biological mother. So she married my biological father and um, they, you know, they raised me together. So it was like, you know, that was, those were my parents. That was my mom. Um, And I don't like, I don't, it makes me cringe because there's always a stigma with that, you know, and I've had people tell me, oh, so she wasn't your real mom, but she was, she was. And I feel like that part of the story makes things that much more profound and that much deeper because, you know, she didn't need to love me. She didn't need to raise me. She didn't need to care for me. And she did in so many ways. And, you know, we didn't have the same blood, but we sure had the same heart. Um, she, she was just everything, you know, and I, I remember one day I was talking to her on the phone and I, I was telling her, gosh, you know, I'm so lucky. Like you saved me. You saved me in so many ways because I was just this bruised, broken little girl that I just needed a lot of love at the time. And, um, and she just swooped right in and she just did it. It was so easy for her it you know and and I look at I'm a mom I have two kids and I look at it and and just how I feel about them and the things that I do for them and I think you know I'm not doing things any differently for these two that came from me than what she did for me and the reason why I know how to be the type of mom that I am is because she was that type of mother to me um and she was you know, and so I, I told her that night on the phone, I said, you you know, you saved me. Like you, I'm so lucky to have you. And she said, no, we saved each other. We're lucky to have each other because, you know, as much as you say I saved you, you saved me. And it's just what we were, you know, it's what we were to each other. We were very deeply connected, um, you know, 
same with my sister, you know, extremely deeply connected to her. And I was, you know, I was her shadow. We went everywhere together. We did everything together. If I couldn't go, she didn't go type of thing. And so who she was, she was a visionary. She was a female business owner during a time where a lot of men didn't want to do business with women. Um, and she was the light in the room. She was the person that everybody just wanted to be near. And she had this infectious laugh and this beautiful smile, this light about her. She was so calming and it was like everything was going to be okay because she was there and she would make it so, you know, she was so much more than that. There are just no words to explain, but, you know, for me, the love was very deep and the love was very profound and and she literally built me, you know, she didn't give birth to me, but she built me. So. Incredible. I'm so happy that uh, to hear that she came into your life and uh, her name is very apt. Mercy. You know, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> a beautiful name. My grandmother's name was actually mercy. So uh, when really? I, heard yeah, and she died last year. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I love to, I love to hear that though. I mean, it is. It's. I feel like it's a very special name, and you know, the person wouldn't have it unless they were really meant to have it. Yeah, and like but, yeah. you know, you really needed her, obviously, during oh, that time. Yeah. You know, it's it's a tough time. You know, being a kid, and you want to be safe. You want to be protected. You want love, and uh, to not have it, uh, but then have it, have someone come in, and and you know, mm. who's who's not. Uh, I guess by some people's standards, not your real mother, but, uh, (laughs) you know, you know, she's your real mother and uh, she's your mom, you know, maybe not biologically, but she's your mom and you love her, you have a bond and that's incredible. And uh, just to hear that and how much you just, the way you described it, you know, you can tell the type of bond that you had. So that really, that really uh, fills out who she was for me. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad I am. Yeah, I feel like, you know, there's blood. You can be connected by blood, obviously. Um, But then there's, on a deeper level, there's like your soul. And we were just connected on that soul level. And I feel like that's why, that's why this has been so just terrifyingly hard. (laughs) Um, But it's also been really, really profound. Um, because we're connected on such a deep level that had nothing to do with, with just, you know, my son tells me all the time, he's six and he tells me, you love me because you have to love me because you're my mom. And I'm like, no, (laughs) that's not true. You know, I love you because we're connected. Um, and I love your sister because we're connected and I love my mom because we're connected on that soul level. So that's another way to, I guess, that I look at it. Yeah, I think it's beautiful, actually, what your son said, because a lot of people do have that idea that you mm-hmm. love me because either um, you're my mom, you're supposed to, or we're in a relationship, you're my wife or husband, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's it's like a contract. And like, no, yeah. no, no, that's not how it works. Right? Like, love is something bigger than anything like that, any social role. It goes deeper mm-hmm. because there's a lot of parents who can't give that love to their kids like they want it or their other relationships. Um, so it's nice that you both were able to provide love for each other in a time where you both yeah. were seeking love 
And it said it, it, there is this bond, this special. It's it's funny because I always start thinking about like what is love, right? Like the ultimate question, like what is this this thing? And you really can't describe it, right? There's not enough letters in the alphabet to uh, to <laughs> understand it fully. But there is there is a special connection, which I like the way you use that word, between two people, and yeah. or even even animals, right? That you just you mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on, but there is something there, and it makes you feel better about living and waking up each day and to be able to have someone also right to have someone also like when you're suffering to be able to just sit beside them and for whatever reason it helps you know they don't have to say anything but it just helps and so it's nice you had that because now you're providing that love for your kids and and those you meet where like who would you have been if she didn't come in right like that's always oh gosh i'm afraid (laughs) i'm afraid to even think about it i mean i say it all the time my sister and i talk about it all the time and it's just like what would have become of us you know if she hadn't stepped in and she was just she was literally heaven sent i mean it's there's just no other explanation people people talk about all the time you know mentors and you know step parents and families that are just blended in all different ways. And I always talk to my kids about that, you know, families don't always come together, you know, with the same mom and the same dad. We have, there's a lot of different facets to it. And um, I just, I don't know, when I think of her, it's something, it is on a whole other level, just the way everything in my life at that time worked out and just who she was and and all that I experienced because of her. And I'm really, very, very grateful. I'm really, very thankful. And I mean, I'm a Christian, you know, and I, I believe in God. And I, you know, I believe that he sent her to me, that that was his way, how he loved me. He used her to love me. I mean, that's, that's one part of it. But yeah, she was, you know, speaking of what you were saying about how just being near this person, whoever your person is, you know, just being near them brings a sense of calm. After shortly after I had my first baby, my daughter, I you know your hormones are all out of whack when after you have a baby and you just you cry for nonsense reasons and I just I couldn't I couldn't get control of myself um, as like my emotions were just so up and down and I know it had a lot to do with you know becoming a mom for the first time and it was just this overwhelming love and I didn't know what to do with it I guess and my husband says to me I don't know what to do so I'm gonna call your mom. <laughs> So she calls my mom and my mom leaves work. This is the middle of the day. You know, she leaves work and she comes over and it's one of my favorite memories. She got into bed with me. I'm 25 years old at this point. You know, I'm married. I just had a baby. I'm a grown up. And um, she got into bed with me and she laid me on her lap and she just ran her fingers through my hair and she told me it's okay. It's okay. And she stayed there until I fell asleep. And when I woke up, she was gone. You know, she had kind of like tucked me into bed and went back to work and did her thing. And that's just who she was. You know, just listening to that just made me think that like, you know, you could take your parents for granted, you know, take your mom for granted if like, you know, growing up in a loving house, whatever. Um, So it makes me really appreciate that. Hearing you talk about that and, you know, my thoughts and, and, you know, just I just want to say that, you know, we're thinking about those people who who don't have their mothers and don't have their parents mm-hmm. anymore yeah. and, and now and miss those moments of like their parents being there for them. Yeah. I just wanted to mention yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was never lost on me. You know, I knew how, 
special she was. I, you know, I don't feel that I was ever the child that um, took advantage of it. You know, I knew who she was. I knew that she was a gift. I knew how special she was. I knew that the relationship that we had was not something that comes around every day. And I was very lucky to have it. Um, And, you know, that's part of, I guess, why it has hurt so much um, losing her. Because now, you know, now all of a sudden I I don't have that anymore. And I I always knew. (laughs) I always knew how special it was. And so now it's like, okay, now you're on your own. Now you got to do it alone. (laughs) And that's really tough. That's really tough. So, but yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting once those, I guess, those rocks in our lives, those loving mm-hmm. rocks who support us through the journey then are not there anymore. And yeah, it's like, how do you, I do this? How am I you try to, this? to lean. <laughs> yeah, you try to lean and you fall down because there's nothing there anymore, right? And it's like yeah. you're trying to figure out what did she do or how did she do that? And how did she mm-hmm. see that in me to be able to do that? And you're trying to figure that out for yourself now as you move forward to gain the confidence that, you know, you can do it on your own. And then you can also be that for your kids as they grow up. Um, Yeah. And that's, you know, she was really graceful about things. Like she was never hot headed or um, reactive. She was very, she was very progressive and she was the type of person that was just like, okay, now I'm going to do this and it's going to be what it is. You know, she, um, when there is an issue, everything had a solution. It was like very, very smooth, very balanced. And I always say, um, because I'm overprotective with my babies. So um, I always say, gosh, you know, my mom, she knew when I needed space, she knew how much space to give me, but not so much where I would like wreck things. (laughs) So it was like just enough, you know, she always knew just enough. And she always knew what that balance was between the amount of space that I needed and the amount of space that would potentially be dangerous for me. So I, I grapple with that now because I mean, my daughter is 10 and it's just like, I know I have to, I have to do that. I have to learn to do what, what my mom did so effortlessly with her, but I don't have my mom to ask anymore. So I'm like, (laughs) this is going to be interesting how this plays out. I don't know. And I'm guessing uh, there's a lot of trial and error that goes on yeah. into that, the how much <laughs> space that individuals need, because it probably changes as you age, especially when you're, you know, 7, 10 versus 15 versus 20. There's, you know, there's yeah. a learning process there as, as you're the child itself is learning about themselves, learning what they like, and what they don't like moving forward. But yeah, totally. so I'm, yeah, so I wish you all the best at learning how to do that. I got a good feeling that you're well on your way to understand it all. Uh, if you just have confidence in everything that you know. I think that's the hard part is trusting that you have the tools already to be able to do this. Yeah, and I guess I do. I guess, yeah, I guess I kind of do because she instilled that in me. So they're in there somewhere. <laughs> I got to pull them out. I'm curious, since uh, since the holidays are fast approaching, do you have any special memories around the holidays when it comes to your mom? Oh my gosh, my mom could have been Santa Claus because she just, she did holidays. She did, like the holidays, holidays and birthdays were hugely celebrated for us. Um, and it was because of her, you know, she took it very seriously. 
And she always celebrated big, you know, for Thanksgiving. It was interesting because we just, we just had Thanksgiving and it was really tough because, you know, she's not here. And my dad actually mentioned, he said, um, man, I haven't seen this much food on Thanksgiving since she was here. And it was just because she did things so big and so well. And she just celebrated everything. She celebrated even Valentine's Day. And a lot of people don't consider that to be a holiday. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, mom, my mom will so, still call me on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll do the same thing for my kids, too, when they're big. Because it just is that that was how I was raised, you know. But anyway, so Thanksgiving was always a really big deal, but Christmas for us was like the biggest. It was the biggest deal. We had a huge um, party on Christmas Eve, and the whole family would come over, and um, we're Cuban, so we do, it's like a pig roast. I'm sorry for everybody that, all my vegans out there, <laughs> I'm so sorry, but it's part of our tradition, and it's part of what we did. So we would do this huge party and this huge roast. Um, it used to be at my grandparents' house, and then it switched to my parents' house um, when I was when I got a little bit older. And you know, I mean, we decorated the whole house. She, you know, she would put up this huge tree, and we would decorate the tree, presents, and just the whole nine yards. Not that it was about presents, but it was always it was just that. Like for me, that was my favorite day of the whole year. It was better than birthdays. It was better than Christmas Day. It was the best day because it was the day that all of our family came together under one roof and we were just together and happy and dancing. And that was, I think, one of her favorite days too, because she was always, she always looked radiant on, you know, on Christmas Eve. So yeah, holidays were big for us. That's incredible. That made me think about my childhood and just the crazy Christmases we used to have. Yeah, I think that's incredible. And, you know, it's, it's so special when you're a kid because, you know, you just see lights and ornaments and presents and snow and Santa, whatever it is, however you celebrate. Yeah. And you're just like, mm -hmm. it's so special and it's it just means something different. But now it's evolved. And like even now it's it's kind of like it reminds me just like you of like, you know, my grandparents and them coming over, you know, before the dinner and, you know, us interacting and all that. Um, I think that's great to to kind of have those holidays and moments. Um, if if you can uh, look, if it's not too hard for you, obviously, to kind of uh, remember those individuals and and almost like you know add to that. Like we have a, uh, we we got a Christmas tree here, and uh, you know it's it's great. It reminds me a, a little bit of that of that childhood and the people we've lost and just celebrating with them and you know putting on ornaments or lights and stuff like that. So I think that's incredible. Yeah, it was it really was the best day and, and it's you know it's really bittersweet because the holidays aren't that anymore. Um, you know, once she got sick, it was kind of you know kind of it took a back seat because obviously there were other things going on and and that's okay. Yeah. things change and things evolve and it's just it's it it is bittersweet because I wish that my kids um you know could have been a part of that and she was just so larger than life that she was a big part of why um the holidays were the way they were you know so um 
I'm at a point in my life where I'm 35. So I'm at a point in my life where I'm trying to figure out how to do that for them um, in a way that's, that's not the same because it'll never be the same, right? You know, they're, they're gone. Um, and we have to find ways to, I always say to love forward because we don't ever move on. We don't ever move on and leave them behind, right? You know, they're always with us. So I'm trying to find ways to love forward and take her with me, um, but also give my kids those traditions that they so need and so deserve. And I have to accept the fact that it is going to be different. It's not going to look the same. So I grapple with that, you know, because I want it to be the same, but it's, it's like it can't, it can't, it can't be the same. It has to be a different version. So. Yeah. And that's, that's life. You know, it changes after. Yeah. I don't think, uh, you know, holding on sometimes is, sometimes it's not great. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, and, and sometimes you need space, right? Like I, I know my, my parents uh, aren't really celebrating this year because of uh, my grandma died, their, their moms, you know, they're directly. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're taking time off. Right. And I think that's okay too, to kind of step away a little bit. It's maybe mm -hmm. a little heavy and, and, but you know, especially with you, you know, I think it's a great opportunity, especially since you're, you know, you're naturally creative to kind of, start some new traditions and, you know, new things with your kids. You know, you don't want to be burdened by like having to pump out <laughs> a table full of meals all the time, like your mom did. Right. So you can change things and, and, you know, do something new with your kids. Yeah. You still hold on to stuff. A lot Probably about you that. You still hold on to some of those things that you, you right. Want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause those were also the traditions that, you know, that, that built me as well. Yeah. You know, obviously it was, it was largely in part because of her. Um, it was her, it was like her thing, but I have to know, and I kind of tried to do that <laughs> with Thanksgiving a little bit. Um, and it was really hard. It was, it was so hard. And just because her absence is felt so deeply still, you know, you know that something is missing. Like, you know it. Um, I think a stranger could walk in and feel it <laughs> like something here is not right. But, um, because it's not, because it's not, you know, our, our rock is gone. So um, I, I have to, I'm trying to figure out how to make that transition into, into now creating these traditions for mine that they are so desperately going to be to hold on to one day because that's life, right? You know, I'm not going to be around forever. And I want them, I want to make sure that they have all of the best memories um, to hold on to because you need those. You need to grab onto those when you're dealing with the hard stuff. Yeah, it's interesting thinking about, you know, traditions and stuff. And, you know, my dad died. And the one thing I remember about him around Christmas was he always wrapped his presents in newspaper. And he's oh, <laughs> very cheap. <laughs> That's okay. He was, he was. But on his thing, he didn't just pick any paper. He would pick the sports section <laughs> to, to wrap it in <laughs> as if it mattered. Better than the obituary. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. you put some effort into that. But yeah, and it's like, you know, even to this day, when I still look at, you know, newspapers, especially around the holidays, I, uh, I remember him. Mm -hmm. And so my question, I guess, towards you is what things, because this is going to be the third holiday without your mother. Um, what mm -hmm. things have you learned that maybe if someone's going through the holidays now um, that you could sort of provide them a tip or some kind of suggestion on um, working through the holidays? Yeah. So I think that it's highly individual, you know, I mean, so I would say that 
so many people in my family were affected by her loss, but we all feel it on, on much different levels, you know, because it's different because the relationship is different and we're all different people. So I think that that's where you need to start is just understand that multiple people in your family may have suffered the same loss of the same person, but you're going to feel it and deal, deal with it differently than, you know, maybe your brother or your cousin or your grandparent, you know, whoever. So knowing that and being, you know, just gentle and patient with yourself and understanding that, hey, maybe Christmas this year looks like staying home in our jammies. That's okay. You know, maybe Christmas this year means a change of scenery and traveling. You know, we, we did that. My sister, you know, would travel for Thanksgiving. You know, um, my dad would travel for Christmas. Sometimes I traveled last year, last Thanksgiving, we went to Disney. <laughs> so we did that. So we're trying to find our place. So I think that that's important. And sometimes it's space, like you said, right? Getting away from the things that you've done every year and those traditions that you rely on because they can be painful in, you know, those initial years of grief. And I still consider, I'm not in the initial moments of grief, but we're still in the first five, right? Or I'm only on year three. So I think, you know, the first five years is tough. It's a tough one. And I don't know, because I haven't gotten past that yet or to that point. But I know that sometimes it's just overwhelming and it consumes me. And I and it's OK to say I just cannot deal with the emotional end of this right now. Let's just go take a trip or let's just do something else, something different. Um, and then sometimes it's like um, it's a bit of an opposition for me because I so desperately want to hold on to the way things were and do them that exact same way. And when I try to do it, it's painful, you know? So it's, I push and push and push for this, but then, you know, grief demands to be felt and grief demands to be seen and known. And um, even though you're trying to hold on to the happy, the grief says, no, 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 I'm here. And I, I want, I want to be seen right now. So I think that with the holidays um, and traditions and things, it's okay to do a mix, you know, a mix of what you're used to, a mix of what you've always done, but also know when to take a step back and say, okay, but this is going to be a little bit too much. So we're going to, we're going to change some things this year. And then next year, see where we're at. I really like that. And I like how you said everyone's individual. So if you're going to a family function or something, one person may be dealing with it a little differently than another. One person may want to talk about the absence then the other person mm -hmm. may not and just understand everyone's dealing with it in a different way and it's all okay yeah. it's just understanding that and they're gonna and some people are gonna really gravitate towards you and your emotions and other people aren't because it might bring up stuff that they don't want to deal with over the holidays so it's a very interesting time of year when it comes to being with family and seeing how things are different as you move forward because i know it's when my grandfather died they had a he was always a big part of this tradition of like Christmas and bring the families together. And then mm -hmm. over time, I could I could feel that his memory wasn't being talked about as often as it was in the beginning. So the first year it was second year, not so much third year, not really fourth year. I didn't hear anything. And mm -hmm. it, it, it brought like a, some sadness to me because 
Yeah. I felt like his memory was dying, even though I know everyone knows and like thinks about him in his own time. He just wasn't being brought up anymore. And that that affected me personally. I haven't had a dream about it um, where I basically um, I saw him and my aunt was there and my aunt says, oh, you know, gran grandpa's mad at uh, mad at us because we bought basically these presents for the kids. And I told her, well, dying is a lonely thing. And then I went over mm. to my grandpa. When I woke up, I knew exactly what it was about. It was about, you know, like his memory, like seeing that is a lonely thing for me to to notice how those thoughts and even those traditions have been changing over time. And you're just like, oh, like I wish in my own heart every year we would talk about those we've that, that are missing around the dinner table. Um, but we just don't. And, you know, I also have to sit with that that, you know, some people just don't want to talk about it because it, it still is too raw and they're yeah. trying, they don't want to go there, especially over the holidays. So that was just like a little dream I had and, and some memories um, going forward. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I have to tell you, that's like my worst fear at this point. You know, my worst nightmare was losing her and I we did that. <laughs> so my worst fear is that she would ever be forgotten. My worst fear is that we'll just stop talking about her one day. And that's part of why I do what I do is because I just refuse. I just refuse. That's not an option. Um, I don't want her to be forgotten. I don't want her to be erased. She won't want that either, you know. And so, yeah, that's just that's a huge fear of mine that that people would ever just stop talking about her. Just even just just saying her name helps. You know, when I hear people just say her name out loud, it's just like, because that it there's a just a normalcy in that you know when people just say the name mercy like and there's no grief attached to it and there's no death attached to it and there's no sadness or illness or anything it's just a normal part of their day and they just say the name um that makes me really happy because it brings me back to moments when her name was just her name and she was just here and she existed and you know I don't know. It just, it, it's interesting um, how just hearing their name helps. I think it's a, it's a great tip for anyone who has a friend or someone that has passed to just say their name and, and ask some of these questions about the holidays on what it brings yep. up. Because I know um, I don't have many friends that do that. You know, as much as we talk about loss a lot, but people just, you know, I think they just don't know or they, they forget, but it is a very difficult time. And it's been over yeah. you know, 11 years for my, for my dad. And it's like, but there's these things that you do want to just talk about or see his picture on the mantle or just something, right? Like to sort of memorialize them around a, a time of year where you notice their um, absence the most. And for me, like, like over the holidays, when I saw my you know, these people, the my grandfather and father, probably the most, uh, especially in a joyous state um, where a lot of times you may see them in different states, but around the holidays, it's usually pretty fun. You know, there's a lot yeah. of laughter, right? Like, so those are like the positive memories usually come up or can come up at those times. I'm curious, mm -hmm. uh, since we're, <laughs> we're uh, we've been talking a lot, what was, so you, you made the post on D for dreams on your Instagram. Yeah. What was the mm -hmm. dream that you had that you were thinking about when you posted that? Okay, so I had a lot, <laughs> a lot of dreams with my mom. And I'm so, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky and um, to have been able to have those. But 
so the she passed away um, on July 3rd at 3 o'clock in the morning. And before she passed, I, I believe that she came to me right before she passed away. And it was literally just leading up to those moments. And then um, I actually, after she passed, I bought a journal so I could start keeping track of these things because, you know, you're so foggy in the beginning. And I didn't want to forget any of it. Um, and I knew that there was a chance that I could <laughs> just because emotions are so, you know, crazy like that. Um, so anyway, so I was looking back, just preparing for, for today's call. I was looking back through my journal um, and so there were a few really vivid, vivid dreams. So the first one that I had after she passed, um, she was kind of like on a staircase. There was no sound. It was as if I was watching a movie with the volume off and she was on the staircase way high above me and she just made eye contact with me and lost eyes and she was just smiling at me and she had this beautiful glow about her and just her beautiful smile because she was sick when she passed away. You know, she looked the way a person looks when, when they're sick. Um, so she didn't look herself, but in the dream she did. In the dream, she looked healthy and her skin was glowing and her hair was long and flowing and it was her natural color. Um, and she just smiled and I, I just was trying to catch up to her, like desperately trying to catch up to her. And I couldn't and she was just waving at me and then I woke up abruptly and I couldn't go back to bed. Um, so that was the first one and that happened, she passed on July 3rd and that happened on July 26th. I had that dream, so just like a few weeks later. Um, but then, Following that, there was a dream that was the one that I was talking about in my post, and it was um, it was extremely vivid, and it was where I could actually have contact with her in, in the dream, and that was really comforting and really healing for me in a way, and it, it just made me feel like, okay, you know, she's obviously somewhere else. She's obviously not here. Clearly, she passed away. She's not with me anymore, but she's, she's with me on some level, you know, in some realm we are making contact here because this was just, I mean, I've had dreams that are very vivid my entire life, um, but never like this. So um, I just really felt that this was something else. This was on a completely different level. This was on that soul connection level that we have and was really special. And so in this dream, um, we were together and she, we were in um, my parents' house, which is the house that I grew up in. And we were there and she was just looking so beautiful and we hugged each other and it was this amazing hug that we hugged so hard that we fell down to the ground. It like knocked us off our feet um, and we were cracking up and crying at the same time. And she told me that she loved me very much. She told me that I was going to be okay and that I had to keep going. Um, she told me I was doing the right thing. She told me uh, that she was sorry that she had to go, but this was exactly the way things were meant to happen, whether we liked it or not. And she didn't want to leave me. She didn't want to leave any of us, um, but she had to go. 
and it was just part of our story. And, um, you know, I, I cried and I begged her not to go. And she told me, you know, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave you, but I'm always with you. I'm always with you. And, um, and I woke up and, and it was happy and sad at the same time, because what happens is when I have these dreams, they're so vivid that when I wake up for a moment, I feel like it never happened. I feel like she's not gone. I feel like life almost snapped back for a second. And then I realized that she's gone um, and that it really did happen. And I, you know, this is reality. Um, and it's almost like I grieve her all over again. And so it's, it's really bittersweet because I almost wait for her at night you know it's even now because the last dream I had it's been well over a year the last dream I had of her um and and so it's like every night I go to bed and I'm like am, am I gonna see her tonight is tonight gonna be the night you know I've even bought um there's this crystal it's called uh blue kyanite and it's supposed to help you with dream recall and so I've put that in my pillowcase before and I and it's like I remember I have these really vivid dreams of everything else but her. So I can't even manifest this if I wanted to, you know, and I, I so desperately want to see her and I so desperately want to dream with her and I go to bed searching for her and it just, you know, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen that easily. It's, I don't know. I wish I could, I wish I knew how to control it so that I could, you know, call upon her when I really needed her. But, you know, then I look at it and I think it's never enough, you know? because then you start to depend on that. And that was what was happening. I was having these dreams of her and I was beginning to see that my dependency and that switch of our relationship from now from the physical to the spiritual realm was changing. And when I wouldn't dream of her, it would just devastate me. So, but it's been about a good year since I've dreamt of her. Wow, so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> the whole gamut of all the different kinds of issues, right? The reliance on the dreams, right? Like even like that yeah. in itself, it's its own grieving process when they don't come mm -hmm. as frequent or when you want yeah. them to come, they don't come or waking up and realizing that it was a dream and you can't, like she's not here at the moment. They can't just go mm -hmm. and see her again, you know? But like, it's amazing it's you had such beautiful dreams. Though, especially yeah, those two, they really like, were. like, was there yeah, a feeling, were. feeling of love? Because I know she was talking about love, but did you feel yeah. love within? Oh my gosh! Room? I mean, just this. It was, it was another level. It was, and in all of them, um, in all of the dreams, even the one where, she, where we were not speaking, that first dream that I had of her, it was almost like testing the waters. I guess I don't know. It was weird. None of the other ones were like that. All of my other dreams, I'm able to converse with her and talk with her and feel, you know, I have, I can smell her smell. I can feel, you know, the love. I can talk to her. I can feel her. Um, but in that first initial dream that I had, it was like the tester. And that one, there was no, I could feel the love and I could feel the energy, but I couldn't, I couldn't talk to her and I couldn't smell her and I couldn't feel her you know I couldn't come in contact that way but the other ones um usually it's we're talking and we're hugging and we're laughing and all of our favorite things so well, that's, that's, probably the, that's really nice 
I'm guessing those are the moments that you probably miss the most, right? And then to be a loving rock oh, yeah. for someone, you need them to laugh. You need them, like, you need all that stuff, right? So it's, like, really giving you that that extra sort of jolt that you're, you know, that we miss so much and to help us through these hard times that we go through yeah. without them. And I feel like some of these ones can really help people through that process. And I like how, especially what she said was very grief related to you. Yeah. And it's not, wasn't just like, yeah. hi, how are you? It's like, no, it was had a specific purpose in the sense of what was being said. Yeah. And I, I have my journal in front of me now. So I was reading um, about that dream and I wrote in there, I, when I wrote in there, I thanked her. Um, I thanked her for that because I felt like I, I just, I wrote, we got, we were able to have a proper goodbye. And in that, what I meant was when she was telling me, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave you here. I'm not trying to leave. I never thought she was trying to leave me. I knew that if she could have stayed longer, she would have. She would have done anything to do that. It just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't not meant to be. It was not meant to be. And she said it, she said it in my dream. She said, if I could stay, I would, but I'm always with you. And, um, and I've had a lot of things that just have happened since her loss, um, where I know she is, I know she's with me and I had to get to a part in my grief. So, you know, I talk about like those initial moments of grief, right, right after the loss. And everything is still so, I don't know if it's because like their energy of leaving this realm is kind of still here a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But um, I felt her so much stronger in those moments. And then um, there was a drop. It was like a dip. And then I all of a sudden started to feel it a lot less. And so that at that point in my grief, it was like, I was devastated all over again because I, I began to, I needed that. It was like, I just, I needed that little bit of, you know, feeling her there still just to get me through my days. And then when I felt that fall off and I felt further away from her, I felt really lost, really alone. I felt really sad. I was just, I was devastated because I was like, you know, we'd gotten to this point where you were gone, but I knew that you were still with me. And now I don't feel like you're gone. Why? What happened? Where are we going here? You know, and I was not okay with that. And I had to come to terms with it, you know? So that's part of it too. I feel like you start to feel them. It's more subtle. And that's part of the process too, I think. Yeah, I love how you brought that up because I think when people look at loss, they're like, how long have they been dead? And, you know, moments, oh, five years. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But there's so many, it's so gradual in the sense of what's being dealt with at certain times that it's yeah. not even five years. So, like, once the dream stops, it may only be a year or six months. Or when that feeling of the presence not being around as much, mm -hmm. how long has that been? Right. Because these are all different types of, stuff we have to deal with on the grief journey based on your belief system and they are all just as real and to the individual and so those are big moments of learning how to cope without that next thing sounds like a gradual as you're saying it's very gradual and in, in the loss because there's yeah. these different aspects of the loss that you're grieving at different moments throughout time which i think a mm -hmm. lot of people have that i know so i had that too with the my dreams sort of um, became less frequent 
over the years the first three years they're pretty frequent and then they were like maybe once a year now it's been a little while since i had one of those vivid dreams of my father um he still shows up in like the background of dreams but they're not the same Mm -hmm. like there's no communication going on right it's just like part of the dream imagery but i miss those those Mm -hmm. vivid ones where it's like i felt like i was talking we're talking together you know it was just oh yeah yeah those are the best ones and that feeling of love that you talked about that was in yours so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, yeah so I'm so glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people will have that as they move forward in their loss and it's okay, right? This is all normal yeah. stuff along the process. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank yeah. you. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on and doing everything that you're doing when it comes to finding uh, finding yourself along this journey and then allowing yourself to be that person for your children. So they can sort of have a mom that you had uh, as you were were being raised. And also just who you are as an individual, like posting so vulnerably, like doing ABCs, like your creativity is coming through. I love reading those posts every day or whenever they come out. (laughs) No, (laughs) not every day. But like, I think it's so Yeah, I try for every day, but it's it's tough because you have to go deep. Oh, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And sometimes it's not about the deadline. It's just whenever it feels right, you do it. And if you can't, you can't. That's fine. That's grief, right? And yeah. it's a grief process. Yep. We can't force our emotions out. Um, at times, we just have to sit with them. So, yeah. So, thank you so much for coming on. It was just great. Um, before we end, I would like you, if you can, to spell grief in the words. Um, okay. The, so, yeah. So um, R hasn't been posted yet, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, so grief G would be gentleness. R remember. I individual. E empathy. F find. That is right. grief. That's beautiful. I encourage well, one part of it. <laughs> <laughs> one part of it. I encourage all of our listeners to if they can spell grief in their own way or go through the mm-hmm. alphabet and see what kind of words come up for them and then look at your feed and see what you put for yours. Cause I think it's a very unique way of working through some of the emotions and some of the, some of our journeys so far in loss on where we are. And I think we could do it every year and those words would change and some would be the same. So I think that's actually a really cool thing that I'm going to start doing is to, to really almost gauge my growth through the letters each year as i move forward i love that i love that that's awesome maybe i will maybe i'll do it every year maybe there'll be there will be an abc each year oh that's Um, cool so this is the 2019 i like that so you gotta finish z before the end of december (laughs) yes yes yeah i need to put a fire under my my behind here so i can get it done but um you know, it's just, so the M, it was funny because I, I did the M, I did the artwork for the M and I knew the M was going to be mercy. And I had, I had to sit with it for a little bit um, just because, because it was her, because it was her name. I knew that um, the verbiage that went along with it and the, you know, the content part of it, um, that was going to be, I knew that that was going to be an emotional one. And it really was, it really was so emotional. So I had to sit with that one for a little while. Um, before posting it and that's sometimes how it is but yeah I gotta get the Z and XYZ I think are gonna be tough for me (laughs) but we're gonna see we're gonna see what comes from those well can't wait to hear it 
Um, Liz, thank Thanks, you so guys. much for coming on and uh, for our listeners. No, thank you for having her. me. Yeah, you can check your work out uh, at Heart of Mercy Design. So check that out. And uh, I've been looking at it all, uh, all today. And it's really cool to see. Um, so oh, for thank our, you. Yeah, it was great to have you on. Uh, so for our platform at griefdreams.ca, um, you can check it out, uh, the website, and we have a lot of information there for you. Um, you can check out our Facebook uh, Grief Dreams group. You can share your dreams or hear more dreams of others. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Grief Dreams and at the Grief Dreams podcast. And as always, wait, um, Sean, <laughs> we, can't, <laughs> we can't leave without saying our other podcast that's out. Yes. So if you haven't heard from any of the other uh, episodes, we started a podcast called the Grief Cafe, or actually, no, the so it's Grief Cafe podcast, and it's me. Sean and Darwin Dave has been on probably like 10 times, <laughs> a couple times a year. And we got together and it basically is a round table discussion on grief topics that are currently in the news that we've done. So we've done school shootings, forest fires, the poppies and Remembrance Day. Um, so we're going to continue to do uh, that. So if you love podcasts, that's a place to go to for to hear us talk about a specific topic. Because I, I found personally that I always saw the stuff on the news and I didn't have anyone really to express it to. And this gave us a way to talk about the topic like with each other um, to get it out almost. And I, and I don't know I was talking with Sean that uh, it just, it helps us to process the news and some of the issues that people deal with when it comes to grief and loss that we just normally just don't have an outlet for. So, um, so check that out if you can. Um, we're going to post, we're trying to try to post every uh, twice a month. That's what we're hoping to. But at the end of the day, uh, we'll notify you through Instagram and stuff when these do come out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was a situation where uh, we, you know, maybe read an article online or something. And, you know, I'd say or Joshua would say, oh, this would be a great to talk about. But uh, we also like keeping the uh, Grief Dream podcast with what we're doing there. Where You know, we obviously get to talk to great people like Liz, do interviews and talk about that stuff so this this gives us an outlet to talk about those grief things that are happening in the world grief related uh, and again it is available on itunes so just search for grief cafe and check that out there uh so just to wrap up uh with love and gratitude from us to you introduced myself you have introduced yourself this is a very good conversation